Yo, 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 what's up and welcome back everyone to another episode of the Anything and Everything podcast where today, you guys know what it is, I got the man across the table for me, the Dinosaur Man. Jay, it's a wonderful, wonderful Saturday morning. Yep. Saturday, Saturday morning. Uh, September 16th, 2023. A day that... <laughs> Uh, a lot of us will remember for a long time. Yep. And I wouldn't start it any other way than with a, a podcast with my best bud. Oh, yeah. So Good pod day. Good pod day. Um, so with that being said. Okay. Run me down. I want to take you to a fantasy land today. All right. Take me there. The land of wizards, witches, werewolves. Death Eaters, Ghouls okay. and Goblins. Okay. Liking this? Men who could turn into rats. Rats <laughs> who could turn into a man. Uh, and a, a, a noseless face. A noseless face. Okay. Of uh, a person who shall not be named. All right. Take, a land of magical creatures. Take and me there. Dragons and giant men with fucking huge beards. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, if you guys haven't figured it out by now... We're talking Harry Potter. Alrighty. Um, Where are we going with this? So, my question is, is if we spent the same semester at Hogwarts, would we have gotten to sort of the same house? Would we have been friends at Hogwarts? Would we have sort of the same class? Would we have the same path? And I have taken the test. Okay. And the test had put me in Gryffindor. Okay. And from what I hear from uh, un, a un, uh, identified. I guess, identified source is that you are, in fact, a Hufflepuff. Yes. So how, how does that make you feel <laughs> that you are one of the most... Most worthless houses. Um, no, 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 no. Let's pause for a second. Worthless? Okay. Yeah. Cedric Diggory was a member of Hufflepuff. He gave his life for Harry Potter. Okay. Without Cedric, Harry, Harry is not able to fulfill his destiny of eventually killing Voldemort because the... The love, the spell ends so much sooner. Does, if Cedric Diggory does not live, if he doesn't exist, does Harry die in the maze? Yes. Yes, he does. Because it was not Cedric's in, an initial, it wasn't Cedric's intention or idea to go to Harry with the ideas to get through the Triwizard Tournament. It was Moody, well, not Moody, but uh, Barty Crouch posing as Mad-Eye Moody who would then go to Cedric and, and 
basically tell him to go to Harry with the, you know, with the ideas, the clues, the and clues, the ideas yeah, and how to get through thing, the challenges. Same thing with Neville. He he guides Neville to tell Harry to use the gillyweed, and so yeah, I, I think even without Cedric, Harry would end up at the end of that maze because someone else would have taken his spot. You know, whether that be a Weasley. Well, what I'm saying or, is, does uh, Harry die at the maze if Cedric's not there? If Cedric isn't there with him, yeah, probably. I mean, he wouldn't die there. He wouldn't die there. But the because he has the protection spell from his mother, the love spell, he would be protected for the first time. But he wouldn't have learned the lessons he needed to learn by that point to return. So I saw a recent theory actually about this this scene where you know when Harry goes out to the forest to meet uh, Voldemort at the end. Mm-hmm. Of these uh, seventh part two, and he goes and meets. Uh, he gets hit with the Vada Kedavra, obviously, and he ends up in the all white King's Cross station with Dumbledore. So when he's there, it w- there was a theory I saw recently that says that he actually was dead, and that he could at that point make the choice to continue to live on or to die. Right. So he had to go there accepting death, which he did. Um as the third brother did, and he could either choose to live or die in that moment. And because of the lessons he had learned over so much time, he needed to live to finally beat Voldemort and succeed in the overall prophecy. Well, what I thought was really cool about you know that theory is because I've heard another theory that junctions off of that, and the only reason Harry was able to come back was because he was a Horcrux. Yes, he himself is a, yes. he, he, he's a Horcrux, but he's also because Voldemort. So the only reason Voldemort, so it's it's weird. So the only reason Voldemort can live is because Harry is a Horcrux, and also the only reason that Harry can live is because unintentionally Voldemort ties himself to Harry's life force. Mm-hmm. By or sorry, Harry unintentionally he ties Harry's life force to his own by using the blood of Harry. To recreate himself. The blood of the enemy, the hand of a servant, you know, the yeah, whole well, that's spell. Why, that's why they've been so connected yeah. since, you know, that incident. You know, the, uh, the voices seeing the memories, the voice yeah. in his head, um, seeing through Voldemort's eyes. There's a, uh, there was a lot going on with that whole, the, their connection. Yeah. And uh, them establishing that connection from the very beginning to essentially the very end was kind of really important. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to see how this next segment goes because they, they are, um, I'm sure our unidentified expert would be able to help us out with this, but uh, I'm not sure if they are, you know, I've heard rumors of them trying to re-release them as in uh, like a reboot. So, and I've also heard they're trying to do the cursed child yeah, segment. So, I've heard news about this, and um, they are doing a series on Max. They call it, it's HBO Max. It's Max now, but they're doing, I believe, a series. Uh, I don't know where they're going to end up in the timeline, or if they're just recreating and like retelling the same story, or if they're going to a different part of the timeline with it. Uh, because obviously, we have uh, the Fantastic Beast series, which goes back in time to Dumbledore and Grindelwald's era. Um, so they could go to a different timeline or a different like part of the timeline here. So like either forward or backward, uh, or like you said, the cursed child, 
which is the, the cursed book in the Harry Potter community that no one wants to talk about, or the cursed play, I should say. Um, it's it's a shame because they took the they took a good concept and destroyed it, and then just, uh, just wow. butchered it. Almost like we've seen this play out before, uh, uh, multiple times, <laughs> multiple times. Um, outside of the Jurassic World franchise, um, no. No franchise has done no it well. franchise has done the sequel correctly. I mean, Star Trek has done pretty well for themselves through rebooting. That's because Star Trek has never stopped. Yeah, every five years is a Star Trek reboot. And honestly, I guess if you're a Trekkie, it's, it's all good for you. But obviously, over here we're not. So. I mean, there, there's been thirty different actors played Spock. It feels like. Yeah, it's been a good amount, but no one. Thirty touches, actors have played Spock. No thirty one actors have played Nimoy. Captain Kirk. No one touches Patrick Stewart. No. It's just they're just OGs. You know what I mean. But like it's the it's like a cardinal sin of them recasting, um, like the X Men. Yeah. Like he should always been Magneto. He should have always been well, Professor I, X. I think I think those. She should have always I been Jean. Greg. Those two are the only exceptions. Magneto and X are the only two per- exceptions I will give. Beast two because Beast two was pretty good. They're the only exceptions uh, listen, I'll give. It, you you listen. There's there's like like six untouchables in that for me. That I just thought played their role so perfectly. Well, if you're going to do a young version, right? McAvoy was a perfect choice. Yeah, I um, agree. What's the other guy's name? I thought Jennifer Lawrence did really well as Jennifer Mystique. Lawrence did a really good job. Um, but, I, but but that's the one that is weird because you see a young Mystique. Well, I guess you don't. You only see her in her blue form. Yeah, but uh, and then you see her in X two when she gets tranked. She loses all her powers, and she was. Ridiculously hot for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So it, with that, that one, yeah, you probably can't like, like that's the one exception, maybe. Yeah, like there. So like, your Professor X, uh, Magneto, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Wolverine, and Beast. So, Cy- so Cyclops. Was he, really played well a, cast. he played a. He played a great. He played a great Scott he Summers. Was well. well, obviously you can't this Wolverine, and they haven't. Which thank you. And then, uh, honestly, uh, I'd throw a seventh out there, even though he's not X Men. Striker. The guy who played Stryker was fantastic. Um, uh, I thought he fit that role really well as Stryker. Well, the young Stryker was good too, honestly. Young Stryker was good, but old Stryker was like that was like spot on. Like I was like, I was like, yeah, you're an evil bad guy who's trying to create a, a weapon of mass destruction, and you succeeded. Yeah, I agree. It's like just some characters are just so good in their initial role. Like, like imagine like recasting Iron Man. Um. You can't. Unfortunately, Iron Man's now a untouchable, untouchable character. Yeah. Uh, majority of the original Avengers are. You know, I think. Um, Evans is. Hemsworth. Oh yeah, uh, Evans. Not Hemsworth. Not Hemsworth no. might be able to. He- no, absolutely not. His Thor was perfect. There was that that clever mix of like, I'm a god, but I'm still like a child, and it's it was just a good it was a good mix. Um. You know, Scarlett Johansson is Widow. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a you're never gonna change Widow. Um, I, I wish they could say they they wouldn't change the Hulk, but they've done it about six times. Yeah, but um, he plays a Mark Ruffalo plays a really good Hulk. But there's just characters that like you see that are just like that's that character. Like, um, if they were to redo Harry Potter. I couldn't see anybody else except for Daniel Radcliffe Harry, being Harry yeah. Potter. 
Same with Hermione. I think Hermione was so well cast. Oh, no. Emma Watson was perfect for that role. Yeah. And even, um, like, when you say Weasley, the first thing I think is, you know, Rupert. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like that's, that's, that's Ron Weasley. Yeah. I, and, like, one of the ones, like, and, like, one of the ones we can talk about was recast because it was, um, is Dumbledore. Uh, obviously, well, he passed was, away. Yeah. Twice. Um, well, during the movies, it was only once, but. Well, during the, of course, it was during the movies, it was once, but, like, they're. No, they, they've... They only recast t- once. No, they recasted three times. No. The first two died. No, the first one died. No, no, first two died. Look it up. I will look it up. Look it up. Because I'm pretty I'm And pretty you're going to be wrong. That's what you're going to be. Then why did they change actors? And he died later. Michael Gambon died later. All right, now I'm going to make it. Oh, our resident expert... Gambit Fred's, had dementia. Yeah. Sorry. That's um, that sucks actually. Yeah, so we have yeah, so Richard Harris, Michael Gambit. Yeah. She's right. Har- Harris died, yeah. Michael Gambin is still But alive. honestly, like everyone talks about it, but I think with the attitude of like the after the fourth <laughs> film, like obviously, once we get to Goblet, like it takes that dark turn. I don't know if Richard Harris could have done that good dark turn. No, you couldn't because you had to evolve the story because you got to think they released the first Harry Potter in what, like 2003, uh, 2004. It was 2001. Oh, it was, it was, was 01. Really? Really? Yeah. Why do I not remember that being that young? I mean, I, in 2001, I was in third grade. I mean, yeah, it was a long time Wait, ago. How old were you? She was not born. Oh, you, you were not born. Okay. Our, 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 uh, our unidentified expert was not born at the time. I was of the five r- months old. <laughs> Ah, okay. That's pretty dope. Huh. I like that. That's 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 solid. Um. So we now have confirmation that the second actor did not die. Um, but you have to you have to remember that these movies were designed to grow old with the audience it originally was created to, to capture. So first movie comes out in 2001, right? Uh, majority, you know, kids my age at this point are 10 years old, eight years old, eight years old, eight years old. When were you born? Oh, seven. No. When were you born? 93? 92. 93. Yeah. 93? So I was eight, maybe seven or eight. Seven. Yeah. I don't remember any of that time period, by the way, outside yeah, of nine nah. eleven. I mean, like you really but, don't like, you have to think by then, you know, we're we're growing two years in between every film, just about. Yeah. Right? Now you're 2003, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13, and then finally, finally first one came out like 15, I think. 13 or 15. The final one? Final one, yeah. Or was it 11? It was 11. It was 11. 11. It was 11. Yes. So you're growing up with these characters. And as you grow up, the tone has to change. It can't be the same happy, slappy. Because your audience grows. Exactly. Because you're, you're trying to continue to capture that audience that you 
have established in the first three films. Yeah. So as the as the students get older in the movie, your audience is getting older, and now you have to change your themes. You know that's why they start introducing things like the puber- dance, yeah, puberty, the, the dance, you know the the mistletoe kiss, the yeah. infamous mistletoe kiss. Um, before you know, our resident hero finally hooks up with uh, a Weasley. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hermione and Harry should have still been a thing. No, I agree. Um, At least in the movies, because like they, they just go like there was they too go much on screen so chemistry. Well. Like, like Ron was... and Hermione. No, 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 no Harry, uh, and Hermione. Harry and Hermione. Uh, like Emma Watson I and Radcliffe can see it, go together but also so well. It's it's the fact that they're so close and they have that love for each other, but they would never want to overstep. Yeah, but like in the movie, like they took out a lot of stuff from the books to the movies that. Listen, a couple drinks and a couple chocolate frogs, and next a couple chocolate frogs and they're getting it on. Yeah, all yeah. In that tent, like they're not playing around. Harry's going wild. Nah, a couple of butter beers and they're getting it on. But like the thing Exa- is, is exactly. like the the thing is, is is that in the movies they they took out a lot of stuff from the books that portrayed that friendship as more brother and sister than they did relationship they did i am currently on prisoner of azkaban in the book series and i will say thus far there is a lot of changes versus the movie that i've seen there are characters that don't even look like the characters inside the harry potter movies oh, they put pictures of there's them, attitudes um those who don't know harry or sorry hermione and ron's lines have been switched uh ron is a lot braver in the books than he would be you know cast it on tv yeah they gave a lot of ron's uh they made him a lot dumber which kind of makes me mad because the way that the books portray him is he was actually he was like a brave gryffindor he belonged in gryffindor yeah well like the the movies took a lot of ron's lines and gave them to hermione in the movies now i don't know if that was just because like emma watson just did them better or like there was just like a decision. Like, she had hey. a more sophisticated attitude, and her bravery came from her spells and her knowledge. Her knowledge was her power. Like, she was she just was. an over. She was just op with her brain. Yeah, she just could. The, the thing with Hermione, like that, no one else in that series really has, is like she just outthought everybody. Oh like, yeah, she was always ten steps ahead. Like like some people are just gifted. Like like Mad Eye Muti is just gifted as a wizard. Like he's just the best wizard catcher there is, and like. So he's gifted in that way. And then, like, Harry is, like, not really gifted in any way. He's just kind of like, honestly, he's like an average wizard who just has this, like, anybody but Voldemort can kill me. Like, because, like, literally anybody but Voldemort could kill him. And, like, he he would die. Like, that's what people overlook. Like, he was still in real danger in the first movie, like, against the chessboard. Like, that was still, like, very real. And that's what makes Harry Potter, like, the series so much different than every other, like, Series like you think in Star Wars, like you know Anakin as like and Vader, like and Luke, they're they're not gonna die. Like they're not gonna kill that character. Like as much as we like can like uh, disassociate from it and like be like they're not like they, they could die, and like you do it for like kind of like the fantasy in your own head. But in Harry Potter, like they literally won't kill Harry because or like he has or they can. I'm saying they can kill him, like because. Anybody can do it. It just can't be Voldemort. And, like, because he has that Horcrux and that, like, spell. And eventually after four, they're bound to each other. And the only way they can die is to kill each other twice, essentially. Well, the... um, And you see that, you know, when Harry goes back in time and saves himself with his own Patronus spell. Yeah. He was dead. 
Yeah, like, and he would have died. Like, and, and that's what makes the real danger so appealing. Yeah, he comes up. He's like, "Don't worry, like my my dad's gonna come. He's my gonna dad, he's, he's gonna he's gonna cast no, a spell." And they're like, bro. "No, Harry, you're you're dying. You're gonna, you're gonna flip the time turner, or Hermione's gonna flip the time turner. You're gonna go. You're gonna save Buckbeak, and then you're gonna you know save yourself in the forest. And don't forget Sirius. And, and yep. Sirius, they break Sirius out. Yeah. Serious. So Three is probably one of my favorite that. cinematic movies, especially because of the time warps. It's definitely one of my favorite movies in the series, but I've learned to really like love Order of the Phoenix. And I believe I'm I'm torn between part one and part two. Because the more I watch them, the more I just fall in love They're with both, them. They're both I feel like for me, it's kinda like where I have Infinity War and Endgame. They're just equal, like Infinity War cinematically is better, but Endgame is better for the story. Like, Endgame is so good for its story. Like, and the way it uh, you know accumulates thirty four, I think, movies. Um, but like Harry Potter, like those two, like Part One and Part Two, is just like they're equally amazing. Like visually, with the storytelling, with like the twist and turn, like. Like, as somebody who didn't read the books before watching the movies initially, like, they did everything so well. And, like, like you said, 3 is three is widely considered to be cinematically the best of the movies. Like, it's just shot the best. It's got, like, the most technical scenes. And, like, the storytelling is just, like, textbook. Like, it's all really, really well done. And then, like, after that, it's kind of personal preference. Like, some people prefer the first one just because, like, it's where it started, like, you can't just not you can't not love the first one just for nostalgia reasons but then like you get into, like the best one like my favorite is order like the fight at the end of order of the phoenix is so good the the fight is solid but for me one movie in particular stands out amongst all of the rest and if, i think you know me well enough to i think you can figure out what movie it is so i'm going to give you a chance to guess i'm going to go with half blood here it's not bad. No, I I think it's Goblet because like he just loves the rise of a bad guy. I also do love Goblet. <laughs> Goblet is he a very just loves good the one. rise of a bad guy. So, um, my favorite Harry Chamber. Potter movie is Chamber of Secrets. I had a Chamber. really Chamber. You go without a Chamber. I did fall uh-huh. in love with Chamber for a brief period of time. It was one that I would consistently watch over and over again just to see if I was missing specific details. Now, and that, that's what I that's what I like about Chamber is one, it was its own little like detective movie itself and then yeah. you know figure out like hey what's going on where like where is it what like what are these things going on and then obviously the battle scene with the basilisk at the end was just such a cool like it's very tense yeah it's, and again it, it feels real and then it really introduces you into you know tom riddler and you know voldemort again like but they're the real reasons behind it because you yeah. have his diary. Yeah, like you know, you know of like oh the Horcrux, the Horcrux, whatever, whatever, and then like, but this gives you like, why did he do it? Like, what what was he trying to achieve? Like, what was it re- like? And it starts to go into those deeper thematic, um, you know, I guess just themes. I wouldn't really mean, but it's like it goes deeper, and then you don't go back to that again until four. When you come out with Goblet and he comes back and he's got no nose and he looks creepy as hell. I mean, <laughs> like, he's always had no nose, but... Well, no, he had like, a nose. One of the coolest things I thought... As a person, he had a nose. Well, um, as the actor, yes, but not as Voldemort. Well, no, well, well Voldemort reincarnated doesn't have a nose, but 
Tom Riddle Voldemort well, had a yeah. nose. Yeah. I am Marvolo going. The um I think the like another reason why Chamber was just so cool is that there's not a lot of, of moments in the in the film series where you're just like you just kind of like fling back in your chair and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, and the scene I'm referencing is when he pulls the freaking sword of Gryffindor out of the freaking hat. Out of the hat. And I'm like, oh shit. Like that, I was like, you know, like when you see like jo- like Joe Rogan like jump back in his chair and he's like, oh. He's like, oh my That's, God. That was me. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, no. Um, but, and like. The, like the jump scares, the but then there's tongue, like there's But there's so even much. like. There's even consequences to his actions. Like he kills the basilisk, but at what cost? Because he gets stabbed with the, the venom, with the tooth, mm-hmm. and then he has to pull it out. And you know, obviously, you gotta have some plot armor. So it's Fox some, comes yeah, in with yeah, the tear, Phoenix tears, yeah. And so, like, you know, there's there's always plot armor in every movie, no matter how you look at it. But like, then it gets explained later on that Fox, you know, later on in the series, it pays off very well when Dumbledore is explaining that Fox you know, is the protector, like, you know, and, and you made a great impression on him, and so he honored you by saving you, essentially. It's just, like, so well done. You just can't rival it. I don't know. Yeah, the writing, the writing, the directions, the angles, the way they just shot the film for Chamber was just really solid. Um, uh, it The Basilisk angles had you on your toes. Yeah. You know, like, you had, you had your jump scares, you had, like, your, you know, your tense build up and your thriller moments, and then the whole detective murder mystery thing yet going on. Yeah, no, that's and you definitely lose a good. key player early on. You lose Hermione. Yeah, you and, do. You know, uh, Harry has to really think on his own, so it's really great character development as well. Yeah, it kind of forces him to like find a way to to get through this without your people, like without the people who you rely on most. How do you get through this really tough moment? Um, but then, like, uh, an I feel like with Harry Potter, I don't really love, like, entire movies. I just love, like, pieces. Because, like, obviously at the end of Five, Order of the Phoenix, like, you see that just that, that amazing visually appealing fight. And, like, that's the first time you see spells get cast like that. In, like, real time, you can, like, see, like, the colors and, like, the, the almost, like, lightning-like look. And it just looks so cool. But then, like, in Half-Blood Prince... You have a really good emotional uh, moment where Harry storms into the chamber or into the hall and he's like, you dare stand where he stood. And like, you're just like emotionally, you're wrapped into it. Um, And then obviously like Snape dies and like, that's a great payoff there. That would not be half blood though. I know, but I'm saying just in general, like across like the whole series, like there's moments. I don't, I don't look at one movie and be like, this is the best movie like, I can look at... Because, like, honestly, in order, I love the fight at the end, but I cannot stand Umbridge. Ah, oh, I know. Fucking, but she is a key part of that movie, She's though. a key part of development of the characters and, like... But I do love the end when she gets taken away, and it's fucking By hilarious. Troll, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Like, Or was it the troll? No, the troll The troll picks her up, but then the, the Hagrid's brother picks her up. Yep, and then he drops her. But then her. he drops her when he's stuck in shot. They her. take her away. Yep. Yeah, and... You know, Harry gives the great payoff moment, I must not tell lies. And it's like, so good. Like, there's just moments that are so, so good. And that was Hermione for thinking on her feet. Like, I know where it is. Yeah. And, like, he was, she was like, okay, I know where to go. Um, But speaking of going places, we're going to head on to a break. And we'll be right back with you guys. 
grab a cold one, grab a bag of crunchies, fire up your favorite podcasting app, rip open that bag, and start taking them down. It's official sponsor of the A&E Podcast. You can find them over at eatcrunchies.com. And if you get there quick enough, you might be able to find them over at Aldi before they sell out. But for now, you can head on over to eatcrunchies.com, pick yourself a bag or two, or go ahead and get yourself a 12-pack case. $2 a bag. It's the cheapest chips. They fill them to the brim with no air. Go ahead and get yourself some crunchies. Eatcrunchies.com, guys. Love me a solid bag of crunchies. The current snack of choice here at the A&E Podcast. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, talking about beverages and snacks, uh, one of the most uncomfortable moments for me in Harry Potter um, was when Dumbledore was slurping down that dark liquid in that random-ass cave and practically begging Harry... They go, keep shoving it down my throat. I'm, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? Freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely a little bit. But, a little uh, uh, sus. It took a little long for me to realize what was going on and why he was being forced to drink it. And it was pretty much, I'm, I believe if I'm not wrong, it was irreversing the curse of the Marvalo Gong Ring, which is why he felt so much more pain because well, Snape had, had given him, you know, some potions or... Some type of supplement that had kept it at bay from spreading, because he only had a year to so, two max left. It wasn't. Re- it wasn't uh, reversing it. It was more like reducing the effect. It was reducing the effects of like the overall experience that he was uh, feeling at the moment. Um, but like you said, cringy moments. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and drop mine. Um, it's any time Ginny and Harry get intimate. It is just Awkward. very unpleasant to watch. There's just no on-screen chemistry between the two of them. And that's nothing against them. They're both great actors, obviously. But it just it didn't ever feel like they... Like, the the choreographing of the scenes was not well done. Like It just looked really forced. Like it looked very, very forced, forced. And it just didn't feel real. At all. It felt like the eye contact was almost disturbing. Like, they couldn't look at each other because the way that they looked well, at each other was almost, like, Well, the way disturbing. Ginny looks. The way Ginny looks. Like she, she she tries to look as if she wants to be in awe. are so wide. But they're so wide and she just stares at him or she'll smile. But most of it, if you don't look at it properly, it's like they don't have many exchanges. They don't have no. conversations. It's mostly... Oh, you know, my brother's wedding, we just randomly met in a hall, I'm wearing a robe, and I kind of want to throw you up against the wall and make out with you, and then never say anything to you, and then in two weeks from now, we'll have the same exact type of interaction, and then eventually we'll get married. Yeah, it just, it feels super rushed, because, like, they go from having no interaction, or, like, very minimal, to, like, oh my god, like, at first it's like, oh, oh, Harry's here, okay, like, when she's younger, and it's like, okay, that's whatever, like, you have a crush, whatever, but then, like... As they get older, it just feels super rushed through. Definitely unappealing um, to watch. I feel like just not, not, not what I was looking for, you know. Because again, when you have something on the table where the chemistry is so great, like Hermione and Harry, it's just like, how do you not throw that together? Um, but your cringiest. My cringiest. Um, 
is Cho Chang and Harry. They do not belong together. That is also another random pair up that I just don't believe worked out. Now, if we want to talk about someone from Ravenclaw that Ravenclaw that is a good pair up for Harry, it was Luna. Oddly, they made Dude, sense. Dude, Luna was a good one. I'm not Oddly, they made very, very much sense because she was kooky, but in the way that he understand her, he adored her and loved her for being kooky. And the way that he seemed crazy and obsessive and neurotic is the way that she understand stood him. Because she was the same way. And they could see the same things they could understand of losing parents while Luna only has, you know, her dad and Harry has no parents, which Ron makes that abundantly clear in, I believe, the seventh movie when they are trying to find the Horcruxes. Yes. Part um, one. <laughs> part one, yep. But, yeah, I think Luna and Harry should have been together. But I think definitely when they are in the two exchanges, which is one when they're in the owl, uh, the, t- the owl tower, or the I forget what that's called. I think it's the tower. Uh, oh, you're owl talking about when, when he asks her to uh, the dance? Yeah, when he tries to ask her to the dance, yeah. and then she goes, oh, sorry, you know, like, I've, somebody's taken. already asked me. And then when they're going through Dumbledore's army, Cedric Diggory had literally just passed, and it went from this really depressing scene to somehow making out on the mirror while Cedric Diggory's picture was in the background moving. It was yeah, just kind just... of, like, awkward. It was not great timing. I think it was a desperate and lonely situation that shouldn't have just been avoided. But I mean, it was very, very cringy, especially because the way their noses smushed together and the way that they just go in to kiss the chemistry again was not right. Yeah, I, I think that um, it could just be, a, like, a, a movie thing, but, like... And it also could be the fact that they're just going through puberty. Like, they're, uh, no, they're still and, not and, going through puberty. But that's the puber- point. Like, I, think that's, you know? I think that's why I don't really cringe that much at that moment, because that's what it's for, like... That whole movie is just, like, full of cringe because it's supposed to be. These are teens going to their first dance, you know, probably having their first kisses. And, like, it's kind of supposed to be awkward. Like, and it's very much played on, you know, with what Ron has to wear. You know, my great aunt Tussie's robes. Like, he has to wear those. I smell like my great aunt Tussie. And then, like, the whole uh, McGonagall scene with the dance is very awkward. Like... It, but it's meant to be that way. It's supposed to come off that way because of, like, they need to develop these characters into these romantically inclined people further on in the story, which they obviously didn't work in Harry's case, but it did work in a couple other cases. And, like, I, I agree. I'm As much as I like Hermione and Harry together, the best pairing for Harry was Luna. Like, I, I and I've I've always thought that. I've just never been able to, like... I feel like I've never even said it, like, but it makes sense. Like they, they completed make sense. each other in different ways where in partial, you know, aspects, Luna may not have completed Harry or may be opposite, or she might be, you know, psychedelically in a completely different universe. But at that point, Harry still understood her and Harry was there for her. Yeah. And it, Harry was willing to be a part of that universe. It just always in. it always seemed like Luna was just on shrooms all the time. Like, she, she was, was just, just like, seeing shit time. all the time. Like, she was just really grounded to Earth. She honestly, I don't believe Ravenclaw was the best fit for her. I think she could have been a Hufflepuff. She gives off very Hufflepuff vibes, very chill, laid-back vibes. While she's a genius, in, in, unintentionally, I think she deserves to be in Hufflepuff. Is it is Does she give off, like, group orgy vibes? Because that's, like, a Hufflepuff thing. No, but she just gives me, like, very hippie vibes, very yellow, very warm. Did like, hippies not have group orgies? I mean, they do, but I don't see Luna doing that. Because or sorry, they Luna's, were not orgies. They're masturbation. Luna's sessions. got too many thoughts going on in her head That's that she's thing, too yes. busy to think about sex. Little did you know. Yes, Hufflepuffs um, would often partake in group masturbation sessions in their 
house. It was therapeutic, apparently. Bullshit. Therapeutic, my ass. Therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> or a way to bond with one another. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it, well, they're bonding <laughs> all right. You're, you'll understand a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, there's just, like, a lot of moments where, like, and but I feel like a lot of them can be explained for story purpose. Mm. So I, that's why you're Hufflepuff. What? That's why the hat sorted you there. Has to find the explanation. Yeah, but like, so, it's true. So the hat sorted you there when you took your test because it knew you just you know wanted to spank a bunch of a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he is not the first Hufflepuff in my life. There are multiple Hufflepuffs in my life. Yeah, Brooklyn like being one. There's like five of them, and it's honestly kind of frustrating because like what what makes him Hufflepuff? I don't see because I'm willing to have a group masturbation session. <laughs> yeah, apparently <laughs> that's not something to be proud of. It's a joke. Just whip but... it out in a group of forty people. Yep, Just, let's do it. Know. Even still, I think he belongs somewhere else. I think he's partially like Gryffindor, Hufflepuff. But I'm Hufflepuff a little, little Ravenclaw. Like, no, I'm definitely a little more Slytherin. Like I'm dark. Nah. You're dark, but you're not. But a I'm Slytherin. not like outwardly dark. Like it's like you. It comes out like later. So I'm definitely Ravenclaw. You're not like I. There's say, more dark wizards from Ravenclaw than there is from Slytherin. I by wouldn't the way. say you're cunning. Like I really. You wouldn't. Sure, you want to play that wow. card? I mean, I wouldn't. Mm. I really wouldn't. Okay, well, you're wrong. I feel like sometimes you wouldn't <laughs> stoop to the levels that I stoop to. No, I, I, I. I would. The only difference is that I've I've been around those situations a little more often, and so I've realized when you need to just put that to the side. So yeah, I'm definitely more Ravenclaw because I'm I'm able I to I'm Ravenclaw. able to think that through a little more. Whereas you, when it comes to a cunning situation, you're like, I'm just gonna do it, and it's like, okay, that's that's very Slytherin. You're just gonna do it. Whereas yeah. Ravenclaw is like. I could do it. I would you do think it, about but like, your I'm options. not going to do it. because Especially because the way that you have to get into Ravenclaw Tower is you have to do puzzles. And they give you puzzle after puzzle after puzzle, and then they decide to open up Puzzles the door. are easy for me, for the most but part. But it's not just your average puzzle. It's riddles, and they do, like, they'll throw buckets at you if it's not proper. Like, it's, it's crazy what they do. Yeah. Like, and Ravenclaw is very intellectually inclined. Yeah, I just, like, I don't know, man. I feel like I... I feel like I could be sorted into either like any of the houses. I feel like I'm one of those You're ones where it's like super in the middle. You're like a divergent of houses. You could be in each one. Mm-hmm. You're you're over here doing group masturbation cycles, and I'm I'm leading Hogwarts against the Death Eaters. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. As a Gryffindor. <laughs> but like this, that's unfortunate. But like, that's the thing is, I feel like I could play that role. Like I could be like I could be a leader like that. Or I could be like the bad guy in Slytherin, or I could be the you know group masturbation in Hufflepuff, or I could be the 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 thinker in in Ravenclaw. Like, like I could do any of the roles. You know what I noticed? Like now we're talking about it, the lack of control the the teachers had on the students at any given time. Oh, dude, oh they yeah, had 100%. no fucking control. I no, you know what? I take that back. I think the only person that really had control over their class was Professor Flitwick. I don't think he ever had a problem during his classes, other than Seamus Finnegan um, blowing himself up. I'm going to to absolutely demolish that statement. And you think Snape doesn't have control over his students? They're fucking That's scared true. to speak. That's true. Snape also does. Even very when he good asks control. them to speak, they're still scared to speak. Professor McGonagall. 
McGonagall, she, yeah, she, she whips them into shape. Yeah. She does, Bro, I mean, but however, she, when it comes to points with especially the boys, I think she is overly lenient with the boys. But you got to think, like... Because that's also her house. But you also got to understand, like, thank you for introduction. Like, from the, from the get-go, she is like, I can deceive you if I want. She's a fucking cat sitting there. Everyone's just, like, playing around joking. And next thing you know, she transforms right in front of them. And, like, they're like, oh, shit. Like, Ron was talking, you know, Ron was talking crap about her. So she and sets she was that sitting tone. right on his desk staring right at him. And she sets that know. tone super early of, like, this is my classroom and you're not going to play these games with me. Shapeshifters. Yep. Transfiguration is something. Skinwalkers. Damn, skinwalkers. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's just... Like, the the whole Harry Potter universe, um, it's very interesting. And, like, I feel like we really have to see some more of it. Like, whether they do that extended series of, like, a different part of the timeline. Or if they finish the Fantastic Beasts. Like, I want to see the end of the Fantastic Beasts. I want to see as well. Grindelwald and Dumbledore's final four-hour battle because... Oh my god. It's just like, even if you make it like a 30 minute fight, like I would still be okay with it as long as it's interlaced with other good stuff. The second and third Fantastic Beasts were definitely higher on my radar than the first one. The first one was just kind of like, it didn't feel relevant to me. It but, didn't feel like that Hogwarts home that you watch when you're getting ready to watch the marathon but and the Warner the thing Bros. Is, logo comes on the screen and with, you notice the changes in the clouds and but like the background. With, but with that movie, like it wasn't. It wasn't intended to be that, though. Exactly, like, though. And, like, that's why it's the highest ranked out of all three of them. Like, it, it like. But I needed that action highest. that I didn't get in the first one. Well, like, you it get was, it. You it just get a, a different re, kind of action. It was a re-welcome to Hogwarts, but life in New York. And Well, you don't. You don't get, like, the traditional magic that you're used to from Harry Potter. You get a side that a lot of people wanted to see, like, with the creatures from. Like, think about Buckbeak and. Um, Fang and the three-headed beast, like you get that stuff in Fantastic Beasts, and because like, a lot fluffy of people, yeah, fluffy, dog. like they're all in, and the troll, like you get invested into those, um, the centaurs, Aragog. yeah, you get invested in the main series into those creatures, and you're like, this is awesome, and then you find out that. You know, and then they referenced the book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah. They referenced that book written by Newt Scamander, and then you get to go through an experience with Newt Scamander about the beasts. And, yeah. like, that's what made it intriguing at first. And then I think, like, halfway through, they were just like, let's make this a Grindelwald and Dumbledore story. But, like, it made sense. Like, that's why the book is in Hogwarts, because Dumbledore made it part of the curriculum. Right. Like, that's why it exists there. So, you know, it's definitely... I just hope that they finish that series, and then I want to see them expand more. Like, Hogwarts Legacy does a good job. I haven't got to play anything past first mission, but it does a good job, from what I've heard, of bridging kind of the gaps, because you get to meet Phineas uh, Negulus Black, who was the headmaster at the time. Yes. Um, so you get a little serious backstory uh, before, like, in the eight, 1880s, I think it takes place, 1880s, yeah. 1890s, and you get that backstory before Dumbledore's time. I've played a couple missions on there, I'm not going to lie, I've definitely played a couple missions on there. Um, I'm just going to say this, Hogwarts is huge. Y you wouldn't think that this version of Hogwarts, like, when you look in the movies, only specific parts of Hogwarts are shown. Yeah. You know, the Astronomy Tower, the West Wing, the East Wing, 
The Great Hall. The Great Hall. Um, Gryffindor House. Gryffindor House. Ravenclaw Tower. All mm. that stuff. And in this movie, or in this in movie, in this game, it's just everything comes to life. But I find myself constantly roaming Hogwarts. Like, I always have to put on a map because I never know where I'm going. And it doesn't even look like the same Hogwarts. Like, there's rooms and, and there's little secret uh, entries that I've never seen the movies. I haven't gotten there in the books, so I wouldn't know. But it's crazy. Like, there's so much yeah. stuff. And then how far, you know, you can ride your broom to Hogsmeade, but you can't ride in Hogsmeade. There's little missions that you have to go around the maps. You have to go... And find specific caves. You have to fight um, spiders, trolls, knights. Pick something. Yeah, I mean, like from what I've seen about the uh, the game, the creators of it really took a huge amount of pride in creating the world of Hogwarts, like all around it, obviously, but also like the internal of the castle. Like they did a really good job. Of building up Hogwarts Castle. Very, very fun game thus far. Um, I would say graphic-wise, maybe a little bit more. What do you game on? Uh, Xbox. Yeah, you're on Xbox, though, so you can't... Like, graphics but on there no, are rough. Even, like, even looking through your hair or but, looking at your face, like, it just... You kind of look, like, dead almost. You look, you look like... Um, you you can't really customize the way that you want to look. You yes, can you choose can. your house. Yes, you can. I'll you tell you can. on PC, you can. You def no, you definitely can on Xbox. But, but like, it's, it's hard to tell on Xbox. Exactly, the it's the way that you look. No matter how you customize it, it just something just doesn't it's look right. It's because you're playing on a console. That's why. Like, it's it's really like that simple. And when I was creating my character on my PC, I had it on like because like it auto sets on like max settings. Like, creating my character, it looked really, really good. I got in the first mission, I had to turn it way down because it couldn't handle it. Like, it's a very, very intensive game on your PC. So, like, as much as I want to play it on the highest quality possible, it's not possible for me right now. I turned it to, like, medium. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard the it's very taxing um, on the PC. Um, I know when the game first came out, there was a lot of Harry Potter fans in my guild for World of Warcraft. Yeah. And they were like, I have WoW turned up the max settings. And then I play Hogwarts and I have to play on like mid or blows my computer up. Yeah. So. I mean, WoW's like not at, it's not, it's intensive, but it's not like that intensive. Like, there's not that much going on with your GPU that like has no. to. All I know is over the first two months of that game, I guarantee my Rowan's favorite words were, Sorry, what? Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, you can do it in the game too. Oh, like, I know. I, so, my friend was streaming one day, and I was like, "I was like, oh, what's this, Chris?" He's like, "Oh, we were just playing uh, Harry Potter." I was like, "Oh, cool." He goes, "Check this out," and he like just blasts a cow, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah, I uh, I want to be able to give. I want to be able to play it. I, I want to be able to sit down for like a couple hours because like every mission's like a fucking hour long at least, if not more. I have clocked in one single day, not realizing. About 19 hours of Hogwarts Legacy, and that got me maybe through five or six missions, but it was just so long, and it's it's what it really is, is it's not a multiplayer game. So when no. they set you through these harder cores and these harder quests that you have to do to unlock certain spells or, you know, certain quests to continue on your journey, 
they expect you to fight these like 10, 15 at a time, and they're just gangbanging the crap out of you. One's coming at you with a sword, one's coming at you with an axe, one's jumping on you and landing on you. And no matter what you do, then you have medieval knights. Then you have, it's kind of like um, Destiny, if you've ever played Destiny. Mm. You got the primeval, you got stuff like that that you have to kill with higher ranks. It goes, you know, one's got a white bar, one's got a yellow bar, one's got three different sets of yellow bars. Like, it's excruciating. And I've sat there and I've played one mission over and over and over again for about two or three hours. And I sat there, I, th I, I wanted to throw my controller, but I had too much respect for it because I knew if I threw it and I broke it, I wouldn't be able to finish it and then it would bother me. So it the was just is, hard. I cried. It was awful. The question is, how many Avada Kedavras does it take to kill four yellow bars? So you have to unlock Avada Kedavra. You have to earn it. And then you start showing your dark wizard ways. It's really cool. There are certain choices that you make that decide the path that you want to lead on. I yeah. am doing everything in my power to be the most freaking powerful heinous. heinous dark wizard there is i want to kill every single person in my radar even if they look at me sideways just walk around start crescendoing people and i want to i want to loot i want to see what they have i want to see if they have any herbs that i can use for my potions that i have because you get to create your own potions you get to create your yeah. own plants you get to do everything that you like, want and that's that's why i really like i want to sit down and just log like hours of, the, of my time in that game and like i just haven't had a really good opportunity to sit down and just be like I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy today. And I've had the same issue with, like, Star Wars, too. Like, uh, the Jedi Survivor, like, I was super happy when that game came out. I was like, I'm going to play, I'm going to play. And I never played. I played the first mission. And I played the first mission of both games just to get to a save point so I could get off. Because I had to get off. And, like, now I'm like, damn, I wish I could have fucking got through some of that. But I'll definitely be spending some of my winter playing through some of these games trying to... Uh, level up uh some of the characters and like kind of get through the game because i enjoy jedi fallen order so much and i streamed it and it's like it's still one of my favorite streams that i've done to date because like just having like engaged people in there like watching for a little bit like even if it was only like three or four people like just watching and like 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 knowing that like they were reacting to the like what was happening and i was reacting to them and like the fucking spider jump scares me on kashik oh my god that one i'll always remember <laughs> I always remember that that clip because the spider just drops out of nowhere and scares the shit out of me, like three times in a row. Yeah, the spiders in Harry Potter are not fun either. There are they dig, they dig in the ground and they'll jump up at you. But you can turn There's, them to a uh, uh, arachnophobia mode, yeah. and it's if you remember in um, Prisoner of Azkaban, actually, um, with the Boggarts. Um, Ron turns his, you know, his spider, and he goes ridiculous, and it turns into this clown-looking thing with roller skates. And um, I sent that it was to, a, It was a spider, but it yeah, put it on roller skates. I sent it to um, Jay, actually, and he was like, why is that Loki kind of scarier than the actual spiders themselves? I said, I no. I was like... If you look up the clip, it's definitely scarier, bro. It's definitely <laughs> scarier, but for you, the way that the spiders come at you, the way that they're so detailed and realistic, and they're, they're goo, nah, the way... And there's different spiders. There's different sizes of spiders. Oh, good. You wouldn't want it. You would rather... I would rather you see them on roller skates. I'm good because, like, I play with a. I play with one light on my room. Like, one bright-ass, like, ring light that lights me up. And then there's two, like, backlights that are colored. So, like, it's dark in my room anyway. So, like, if that thing's coming at me in the dark, I'm going to fucking shit my pants. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> and they're jump scares. 
Right, like they they jump at like they nah. come from behind. You could run across the map, and within okay. about five seconds, they can dig underneath the ground That's why I'll just and fly. jump and like throw. You I, up. I will never, I'll never run. I'll just, I'll just fly. Once I unlock a broom, I'm never getting back to the ground. The Unless problem is to. no. The problem is, is most of the time, which sucks. Your broom is not accessible to you unless you are in a free mode where you cannot fly pretty much during missions, specific missions, especially when you're in caves or anything. Yeah. Um, and then when you go into Hogsmeade is another exception that you're not allowed to do. So um, it kind of sucks because the where it drops you, you're about two, three hundred yards from Hogsmeade. So you got to run and then you got to know everything. And there are specific things you have to unlock, like you have to unlock Florian bots, you have to unlock Weasley's, you know, fun thing or whatever. Or I think at that point, because it wasn't Weasley's, because obviously it was too far in the past. Yeah, it's um, Zonko's. You have to go to Zonko's fun shop. Yeah. Um, the poly, the I forget what it is. It's the potions dude, and I can't remember what his name is. Um, then you have to go for herbology. Like, there's so many things that you have to get. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. there's also, there's things that happen in Hogsmeade out of nowhere. And it doesn't even matter if you're on a mission or not. You could run into a spider. You can run into specific things. But if you kill them, it get, it gains you stuff. So while you may not be going to look for trouble, trouble may find you. Or sometimes there's random, like, looters or thieves that just drop in at Hogsmeade. And they start a ruckus. Or there's trolls out of nowhere. And you could be in Hogsmeade. And then you just feel everything rattle your screen goes blurry, and then you just got to fight for your life, pretty much. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I, I can't wait to just die, like, finally get to a chance to, like, whack and dive into it. Because it will, I know it will be enjoyable, it's just a matter of time. And you do get to duel, which is fun. Yeah. I wish I could find some joy in a game like that. However, which makes Single me... Single player, though, so, like... Which yeah. makes me very sad, they have no intent in putting any romantical anything in the game so while i thought you could no so i thought you could too i was under the impression because the way that you have a sebastian you have in you may you'll see when you play i know the game. i know yeah. um but as a female you know and a male you would think that if you gain girlfriends or guy friends that help you out you would be able to start romantic lives with them and see where that could build you and where you guys could go, what kind of little wizards, witches, whatever you want to create, and see if you can go by generation or anything like that. But unfortunately, it is said that there is no intent of putting romance in there, and you cannot be romantical with anybody. There's just no slot I mean, for it. It makes sense. It does. It does, because it's not really those types of games. While, yes, it brings you back to Hogwarts, it's not that point in time of Hogwarts. The VTubers would take it over if that happened. Yeah, but that's what the love potion's for. You can't even really use them. I mean, you can use them. Most of them are for, you have to use the potions on yourself. And so sometimes you have to buy the potions. Sometimes you can also buy the recipes. But just because you buy the recipes does not mean you can use them until you unlock. Unlock it. It's crazy. Like, Hmm. I bought one because I needed something. And I thought, you know, well, I tried to not cheat my way around it. But I tried to see... I did it one way and it just wasn't working and I didn't want to look it up and be that people. Like I wanted to try and figure it out. So then I thought kind of in advance and I was like, well, what if I just bought the recipe? What if I went to the store, bought the recipe, got the utensils, brought it back to my little potion making station and made the potion myself? But in reality, you have to be able to unlock the recipe. Just because you bought bought it doesn't mean you unlock it and can use the recipe. Yeah, no, I'm good. I don't so feel like all that. <laughs> so it sucks. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It is a lot of work. It's you have to it's you put a lot into the game. 
you don't realize how much you put in until you start like increasing your journey. You start doing a lot more quests. You start talking to more people, gaining more friendships. You have a lot more requirements and responsibilities. Also, the dorms are co-ed in the game. Yeah, they are in real life too. All right, I, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, the way that the, the rooms are set up, like, there's just so many halls. There's, like, a girl's dorm, then a boy's dorm, girl's dorm. It doesn't, like, specify where the boys stay, where the girls stay. Like, everybody has, like, their room just yeah. next to each other. And then there's the five beds inside your room. Yeah, that's pretty much how it is in the movies, too. Um, but it's very old. And especially when you're a Slytherin like I am and you play the game as a Slytherin, you're in the bottom of the castle. Yeah. You're, you're in the, like, the You're actually portion. down there where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And you're at the top if you're a Ravenclaw. I actually like it. Like, we actually have a really huge common room, and I absolutely adore it, and I love it. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. Welp, I think we've come to the end here, ladies and gentlemen. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure you go ahead and drop us a follow, not only here, but also over on our Instagram and Twitter pages, both AE podcast to go ahead and check out our merch shop if you want to pick up a hoodie you know baseball season's coming around or sorry playoff season's coming around go ahead and grab yourself one of our three-quarter sleeve baseball shirts get yourself a nice thick organic hoodie for yourself red october yep go fools go fools and go birds yeah of course go birds go birds uh but yeah so like i said go ahead and pick up all that stuff uh, don't forget, go ahead to eatcrunchies.com, grab yourself a nice bag or maybe a case of crunchies. And uh, yeah, that's it for today's Harry Potter episode. And uh, any final words from you guys? Uh, no, I'm uh, going to wrap this up here and I'm going to go join the Sandman in uh, post-apocalyptic slumber. <laughs> uh, I I'll, I'll am going to second that statement yes. and I'm going to get me some ice cream and hit the hay. Bed is going to feel nice Sounds tonight. Fantastic. We get to wake up tomorrow, enjoy yeah. a good wedding. Mm-hmm. Fantastic wedding. Yep. Can mu- merge the uh, merge the bloodlines. Merge it together. Yep. Here we go. <sighs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening. Good night. Go ahead and check everything out, and we will see you guys next time. Peace out. May the force be with you.